Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. We are coming out of the COVID quarantine here at the beginning of May, and there are certainly signs of life that uh, people are going back to life as normal. And I want to talk today about four things that will help you come out of quarantine stronger than you were before. I think we've always got to look to the past, especially in the Bible, for principles and patterns that can help us to grow and grow stronger. Going way back to the time of the Exodus, the Israelites had just escaped from slavery, 400 years of captivity. They'd gone through 10 massive plagues. They'd seen the hand of God work through uh, destructive plagues, disease. They'd they'd had to They've been called by God to go to a place that they'd never seen before. They're, they were going out in the desert in uncharted territory. And similarly, we're coming through and out of a quarantine. We're, we're going through a plague on the world, coronavirus. We're going to a new place, a new quote-unquote normal that we've never been to before. So, so many of us are thinking, hey, what's church going to be like in the future? What's it going to look like? How will I reach out? How do I lead my people? How, how are things going to go now? How do I go? Do I go back to the way things were before or do I make a hybrid? Let's take a look at four things that can help you. Number one, know when it's time to advance. Know when it's time to advance. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8. Now, in this passage, Moses is preaching the word, and he's recalling events from their their journeys. And so he's talking about a time when they had gone out to Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, and they they got out there, and about 11 months had passed since they had left Egypt. They'd camped there. They'd received the law. They'd, They'd received the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. And so here's Moses looking back on that time, and he he recalls, he says in verse 6, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I've given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. They'd received the law. They, they'd had a chance to, to hear the words of God. And they'd had time to rest and recuperate there at the mountain. But God is calling them to go back to the original mission, the conquest and the settling of the promised land. And in a similar way, we've had time to rest over the past six weeks or or even eight weeks to take a break. It's been a very weird time, almost feels like Christmas. You know, things between Thanksgiving and Christmas oftentimes slow down. Or if you're in Japan, it's that time after Christmas and during the new year. Oshogatsu. And it's a time when you feel like, oh man, it's just, it's real quiet. And God is calling us to return to our original mission. Maybe you felt restless. Maybe you felt like, man, I I feel like I should be doing something. We need to understand that there's a power of inertia. 
Inertia is the law that says bodies that are in, uh, in motion will continue to remain in motion and bodies that are uh, not in motion will stay that way also. And for us, as we think about like moving forward, you might have a, a sense of resistance, like, oh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to move forward. That's exactly how the Israelites felt there at Mount Sinai. It's just a huge display of God's power there on the mountain. They'd received the law, and they felt pretty comfortable there. They were receiving the manna every day. Uh, they were you know, getting a little assistance from, from God to help them to get through a tough time. And so they're like, no, we're, we're pretty good here. And it's normal to feel sluggish at times like this. That's, that's our sinful nature. That's our, our desire for kind of homeostasis, to say, stay the same way it is. We've got to recognize that for what it is and realize, okay, staying here at the mountain, staying here in quarantine is not God's ultimate will for our lives. This is a, a short period of time, and we need to move through it. So take a, take a look at it and understand this is the time to advance. Just as things are starting to get back in motion, and maybe you know in your situation, wherever you're at, you're still in a hardcore quarantine in time, it's going to be time to move forward spiritually back to our goal, which is to seek and to save the lost. What else can we learn? Look to God's guidance during times of uncertainty. Look to God's guidance during times of uncertainty. Let's turn to Exodus 40, 36 through 38. Exodus 40, 36 through 38. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift... They did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. As you read through Exodus and Numbers, this this word, the pillar, the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire gets brought up a lot. Whenever Moses goes into the tent, a pillar of cloud descends over the tent. It represented the, the presence of God. Now keep in mind, these Israelites were in the desert. They were in uncharted territory for them. And they longed for the familiar, even if it wasn't what God wanted for them. They were looking backwards. Many times they complained. They say, we want to go back to what we're used to. And yet the pillar was there to guide them to a place they'd never been before in their lives. God had something better in mind for them. And he was guiding them forward through his presence in the cloud or the fire, the pillar that rested over them. It just must have been awesome. There's the camp, and at night you see this massive pillar of fire over the tabernacle, which represented the presence of God. And then when it moved, they knew, okay, we're we're moving today. We're breaking camp. We got to get going. And when it stayed there over the tabernacle, that's where they stayed until it moved again. So in the same way, we've got to set our minds to move forward by faith and not look back. Right now, something we have to understand some things are going to remain from the way we did church before, but many things will most likely change for good and for the better. And that's where we've got to adjust our thinking and realize, okay, the way we did church before, the way that we experienced church before, that was great for that time. But maybe things are going to be different in the future, and maybe they're going to be even better. And maybe we're going to incorporate things that we've learned through this time. Certainly, we've had to accelerate our our technology, our learning of technology. The the words that we use have really changed. I'm going to Zoom you. 
These things were 60 days ago were, were not even in our, in our vocabulary. But we've got to have faith that God's kingdom will grow and expand in ever greater ways in days ahead. In fact, it's a possibility that God is allowing this catastrophe to happen. And one of the purposes is to increase the growth of his church, to save more people. Now, I don't know. I, I, you know, I haven't heard directly from God about that, but that's certainly a possibility that maybe God was feeling like, hey, we've gonna, we're going to have to shake things up to allow people to open up more to the gospel and to open up different doors, different ways of reaching people. So we need to look to God and his presence in our lives right during this time. Just like the pillar of fire was there and the pillar of cloud, those people must have stared at that and just been amazed. And they go, okay, God is with us. We've got to be looking to God like never before in our lives. Of course, digging into the scriptures, praying to him, going out and, and walking with God. But let the word and his spirit guide you through this time. We've got to go to God because he's going to take us to a place we've never been before. And it's going to be better than we can imagine. What else can we do to come out stronger than when we went into this coronavirus quarantine? Be a can-do disciple and leader. Be a can-do disciple and leader. In Numbers chapter 13, in verse 30 through 31, Numbers 13, 30 through 31, in this story, people came up to Moses and they're anxious because they're going into the promised land and Moses was very confident we're going to take the land. But they, they did something interesting. They said, let's scout it first. Let's just check it out to see what's in there. And so they appointed 12 leaders to, to go and do that. And so 12 tribes were represented. They had 12 leaders there, among them Caleb and Joshua. And when they came back, they reported what was in there. They said, man, that, that is an amazing land. It really is the land of milk and honey. It's so fruitful. And they brought back huge bundles of grapes, all sorts of booty from, from the land. But 10 of them said, it's pretty awesome, but we can't do it because there's giants there and there's towering walls we're going to have to face and the obstacles are too great. We cannot do it. On the other hand, there were two men who said, we can do it. We certainly can do it. And in verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Ten of the 12 spies said, we cannot do it. They saw the obstacles and they said, nope, let's go back to the old way. Caleb and Joshua said, we certainly can do it because God is with us. Yes, there's obstacles. Yes, there's giant people in there. Yes, there's certainly gonna, we're in for a fight, a fight of our lives. But because God is with us, we can be certain of triumph. Over the days ahead, you're going to hear a lot of, we can't do this. I can't do this. We can't do this. For example, I can't share my faith. I don't see anybody. There's no one around. I can't get close to people. I can't serve because I can't go out or I can't go out at all. I can't meet. I can't participate. I can't. I can't. I can't. And the coronavirus has given us a very convenient explanation of why we can't do it. And yet you, as you 
as the quarantine lifts and as we start to return to normal life, so to speak, you're going to have to decide what kind of a disciple, and if you're a leader, what kind of a leader you're going to be. Are you going to be a person that says, hey, this is different. Boy, it's, it's, I've never done this before, but I can do it, and we can do it because God's with us. Or are you going to be a person that says, we can't do it. I can't do it. There's just no way. I'm just going to hold back, stay here in camp, and not advance spiritually. But because you're listening to this, I've got a strong inclination that you're a lot like Caleb or Joshua. That's the type disciple you are. That's the type leader you are because you're going the extra mile to learn something. And so I want to call you to be a can-do leader, to be a can-do disciple, to say, listen, I don't know how I'm going to share my faith. I don't know how I'm going to reach out. I don't know how I'm going to get this done. I don't know how we're going to make disciples in this new environment. But because God's with us, we're going to do it. One of the things that's inspired me recently is my own son, James. He, I don't know where he got this idea, but he, he, he heard a lesson on evangelism. And he just texted his coworkers and said, hey, would you like to study the Bible? Now, he, he talked to these people before. But one of them said, yeah, I'd really like that. And so he set up a, a Bible study with his coworker. Now, had never talked to him before, and he, he, he just emailed him. And the guy, they're studying the Bible tonight. Another guy had come to church three or four months ago, and James emailed him, he's another coworker, and said, hey, would you like to study the Bible? And the guy said, I would really like that. Now, there's an example of a person just going, okay, never tried this before. I'm just going to do some a little email evangelism. But guess what? There's other people out there who are disconnected, who are kind of restless, but they're seeking. And that's the kind of can-do attitude that it's going to take for you if you want to be a person that comes out of this coronavirus quarantine stronger than when you entered it. What else can you do? Fourth thing, create a campaign for yourself and your ministry. Create a campaign for yourself and your ministry. Whenever I'm facing a situation where I've lost my momentum, where whether that's personally or in the, the ministry of the church that I lead, I, and it happens. It happens quite often, quite honestly. I create a simple short-term campaign, short-term campaign to inspire and to prod me to higher levels of spiritual activity. For example, you know, there's times where I go, I'm not studying the Bible with anybody. And I go, hey, I got to change that. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling flat spiritually. I, I'm just kind of like not doing much spiritually here. Of course, I'm doing my ministry work and calling people and stuff. But in terms of advancing the gospel, to be honest, I'm not really on fire right now. And it takes a little bit of self-awareness, but it doesn't take too much to go, hey, I've been stronger in the past than I am right now. And that's all you need to know to go, it's time for a campaign to kick me up to a different level, to put me into a different gear spiritually. And also for your ministry. Let's say you're, you're a ministry leader and you look around and you go, hey, nothing's really going on here. You know, in Tucson, that's where I live. I live in Tucson, Arizona. I look around on the coronavirus and I'm really excited because we're going to have a baptism, one of our first uh, teen baptisms in a long, long time. And it's really exciting. So thrilled about that. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had a baptism um, a military guy got baptized, and that's awesome. But to be honest, it it's not like we are just 
um, amazing anybody. I mean, it's just, it's like we, we've, we've been a lot stronger in the past. And so I look around, I go, okay, we need a campaign. We need to get moving spiritually because if we stay camped at this same spiritual location for much longer, it's going to really hurt us long-term. So we need a campaign. Here's the benefit of a campaign. It's short-term. It's usually like, I don't know, three weeks to three months. It's a forcing mechanism. It's a, it's a mechanism that forces you to action when your sinful nature says, don't do anything. It demands the best of myself to respond. It brings out the best. I know there's part of me that's like, no, I don't want to do it. But then I know that's not the part I want to listen to. I want to, I want to bring my spiritual self to the forefront. And it's also effective, campaigns are effective because it, it enlists other people so that I'm surrounded by other people moving in the same direction. That's when you can really gain some momentum, when it, other people around you are also pursuing the same things spiritually. That's the power of a campaign. So here's what Tucson is doing at the end of May. And you can borrow some of these ideas or you can just uh, note it. But our goal is by the end of May... 2020, May 31st, and today is May 6th. We're going to start this on Sunday the 10th to have 31 Bible study appointments by the end of May. 31 people, not 31 people, but 31 Bible study appointments. Now they can come from anywhere. It can be one person studies three times. But we're going to do something to accomplish God's mission. And our mission is to seek and save the lost. That, that's the promised land. That is the, the mission God has given us here on earth. And so here's what we're going to do. Here's our campaign. We're going to encourage one another daily. We're going to, I'm asking every single member, if you're a member right now, I want to ask you to do this, to call and encourage and pray with one other disciple, at least one other disciple every single day. Number two, fast and pray together. I'd like to ask you to please set aside one day between the 10th of May and the 31st of May to pray and fast for God's guidance, for God to show us that pillar and tell us where we need to go, how we, what we need to do in this new environment, and for God to bless the mission. Number three, read the Bible together. We're going to be reading through Exodus 1 through 21 in the 21 days between May 10th and May 31st. Exodus 1 through 21. Why? Because there's a lot of parallels. There's a lot, there's a lot of spiritual parallels that I've already talked about in this podcast between that time coming out of peri a period of plague going to a new place, and what we're experiencing right now. And I think it's very applicable and will be helpful. And what I'm, I'm going to be asking people to do is to do little devotionals. This is a little uh, borrow from Joel Nagel, who did this in his church, and have video devotionals for five minutes every day from different people in the church. Number four, we're going to serve together. We're, we're making personal protective equipment and masks for medical professionals. And we're going to ask our friends to help us. For those who can't do it because of health reasons, totally understand. Try to find another way to serve. But we're, we're going to try to make 10,000 masks in the next couple months. So that's going to be really exciting. Number five, we're going to reach out together. We're going to have a special neighbor day on May 24th. So that's about three weeks away. We're going to invite friends and family to it. Now, that's either going to be online or it's going to be in homes or maybe, I don't think so, but it Maybe a, a larger gathering. I'm not sure. It depends on where things go. But we're going to do something to reach out to our neighbors and get back together with people and move forward. Our goal, again, is to have 31 Bible study appointments by May 31st. Now, you can create a campaign to help you break camp in advance spiritually. It doesn't have to be the one we've done. You can borrow things from it or you can make up your own. But do something. Do something 
to overcome the inertia. Our sinful nature wants to just stay at home, do nothing, and stay here. But the Spirit is calling you and me to do something great for God. So let's repeat four things that will help you come out of a quarantine stronger than before. Number one, know when it's time to advance. It's time to break camp in advance. Number two, look to God's guidance during times of uncertainty. God's taking us to a better place, a different place, but a better place. Number three, be a can-do disciple and leader. And number four, create a campaign for yourself and for your ministry. I want to thank you so much today for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. My goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. If you enjoyed the program, I'd like to ask you to subscribe, to rate, to review it. More than anything, share it with your friends. Let people know about it so that we can all advance together. Have a great day and make this life count.